everyone. Welcome to our listeners in the Big Apple from across the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jeff Goodman, and this is Rediscovering New York. Professionally, I'm a real estate broker with Halstead Real Estate, and I love New York. Rediscovering New York is a weekly program about the history, texture, and vibe of our amazing city. And we do it through interviews with historians, local business owners, nonprofit organizations, activists, preservationists, local musicians and artists, and the occasional elected official. On some shows, we focus on an individual New York neighborhood, exploring its history and its current energy. What makes that particular New York neighborhood really special? Sometimes, like tonight, we host a show about an interesting and vital color of the city that's not focused on one particular neighborhood. On prior episodes, you've heard us talk about topics as diverse as American presidents who came from or who lived in New York. We've talked about the history of women activists and the women's suffrage movement, which actually a big part of it was based in Brooklyn, of all places. We've talked about African-American history in the city. Uh, and we've also explored the history of bicycles and cycling. We've covered topics as diverse as the history of punk and opera in the city. They're separate shows, by the way. I don't think I'd put them in the same category, <laughs> although I love them both. So uh, maybe uh, they should be. Uh, and we've also explored some of the city's greatest train stations and even some of its bridges. After the broadcast, each show is available on podcast. You can hear Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Tonight, we're having one of those special programs. Uh, it's June 30th. It's the last day of June and of LGBTQ Pride Month in New York. And I've decided to have a special episode devoted to how LGBTQ activists have been involved in politics and how they have shaped the political system in the city and they, how they have shaped public policy. Uh, and I'm thrilled to have two guests who are not only great guests for the show, but also friends of mine, uh, Melissa Sklars and Eric Boncher. Melissa is a longtime LGBTQ and trans activist. In 1999, she became the first transgender person elected to office in New York when she was elected a judicial delegate from the 66th Assembly District. She lobbied City Hall in the 90s to help bring civil rights to transgender people in New York and was actually with the mayor when IN24 became law in 2002. Melissa lobbied Albany for 18 years to help pass the trans civil rights bill Gender, which just recently passed, thank goodness, and was at the side of Governor Cuomo when he signed the bill into law. In 2002, Melissa became chair of the Equality Project, which, among other activities, lobbied corporations for protections for their LGBTQ employees. In 2016, she became the first New York trans person elected to be a delegate to the Democratic National Convention, pledged to support Hillary Clinton, as you might guess. In 2018, Melissa ran for the New York State Assembly in the 30th District in Queens, hoping to become the first trans member of the Assembly. Although she lost the primary, she did receive 36% of the votes. She currently is running for Democratic District Leader in Queens. The votes are still being counted. Uh, Melissa is also a past president of Stonewall Democrats, uh, which incidentally, all three of us on the show tonight are active and proud members. And Melissa currently works at SAGE on behalf of LGBTQ elders as the senior government relations strategist. And our second guest is Eric Botcher. Eric is the district chief of staff to New York City Council Speaker Corey Johnson in Council District 3, which includes Greenwich Village, Chelsea, Hell's Kitchen, and parts of Soho in the Upper West Side. Prior to his current role, Eric served as Governor Cuomo's liaison to the state's LGBTQ community and played a key role on the team that won the passage of marriage equality in New York State in 2011. Prior to his work for the governor, Eric served as LGBT and HIV AIDS community liaison for City Council Speaker Christine Quinn, also District 3, where he helped develop groundbreaking initiatives relating to the LGBTQ community and to the fight against HIV AIDS. Eric serves on the executive committee of the Village Independent Democrats and has been named among city and state prides power 100 in 2019 and also 40 under 40 in 2010. Eric is a graduate of the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. and was a Bonnet Leaders Fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School's Senior Executives in State and Local Government Program. This is an exhaustive resume, Melissa and Eric. This is great. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, Eric, Melissa has... Uh, in process of having votes counted for election. Eric is also a candidate for an elective office, which we'll discuss a little bit later in the show. <laughs> Melissa and Eric, welcome to Rediscovering New York. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you, Jeff. So glad to have you both and happy Pride, even though it's challenging Bye. times right now. Um, I'm excited to have you both on the show. Um, 
I've known you both for years, uh, Melissa, a little bit longer than Eric. Um, you know, full disclosure, I've been intimately engaged with the LGBT rights movement, um, starting in the 1980s, actually, uh, but not nearly on the same level as the two of you. Um, you really are heroes in the movement. Um, Melissa and I have known each other for almost 20 years. We first met we, when we were on the board of the Equality Project. Um, you're both heroes, uh, but Melissa's also a real trailblazer, not only in LGBTQ activism, but in trans activism and political involvement. Um, one note about this show, as most of you know, listeners, I usually do separate interviews with my guests, but given the topic and that my two guests are so well acquainted with each other, not to mention with me, <laughs> I decided it'd be a lot more lively and colorful to have them both on for the entire show. Welcome to Rediscovering New York again. Uh, Melissa, are you originally from New York City? Uh, yeah, I was born on First Avenue at Beth Israel. So uh, back after World War II, um, my family lived in Peter Cooper, and then um, as my mom kept getting pregnant, it became difficult, and the family moved out to Long Island, which is where I grew up. I moved back in the city in about 1976, so I've been here most of the time since 1976. And you live in Maspeth now. How long have you lived there for? I live in North Woodside, Mass. I'm sorry. <laughs> for, your, for your listeners, if if they've ever watched All in the Family with Archie Bunker, that sort of kind of Mass. But uh, North Woodside is a lot more diverse, a uh, lot more sky available. Uh, I, I live in a, a, a co-op of Mass. There's more single family houses or two family houses. Um, uh, so it's a very different dynamic. Oh, I was Maspeth part of the assembly district that you also ran for election in? Maybe I'm complaining a little because you, we, we've talked about Maspeth a little bit uh, from a, a demographic standpoint. So the northern part of the 30th assembly district, which is where I am, which is North Woodside, Woodside, Sunnyside, a bit of a story in Long Island City. The southern end is Maspeth and Middle Village. So there is some change going on in Maspeth, uh, Middle Village is mostly single-family homes, uh, long-time residents, multi-generational. Um, it's more conservative, you know, uh, and it was, I knew that it would be a, um, a tough fit, but, you know, I knew the issues and I did my best in Maspeth and Middle Village. I just did not quite carry the day. Mm. Eric, you're a New Yorker by upbringing, but not New York City, New Yorker. Where where were you from originally? Well, first off, I want to say thank you for having me and thank you for doing this show. I've been, um, just so for folks watching, I'm a friend of Jeff's um, for quite a few years now. We actually got to know each other through the Stonewall Dems originally. And um, Jeff, I just admire how you bring New York's history to life with your walking tours that you do all around New York and with your various shows. So thanks for having us on. Uh, really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. And it, it really is a special joy for me to have um, people that are not just my friends on the show, but also people that friends who were involved with the cause larger than ourselves to, to impact other people. Um, Thank you. So where am I from? I'm from a town named Wilmington, New York, which is just outside of Lake Placid, New York. Um, it's where Whiteface Mountain is, and it's a town of um, 1,100 people. When did you move to New York, and what had you decide that you would come to the big, the big city? What was it about this place that said, "I got to go there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move"? Well, I knew I wanted to get out of the country. I remember begging my parents, very, dis very distinct memories of me at a very young age, begging my mother for us to move to a city. I didn't even know what a city was. Actually, my definition of a city was Plattsburgh, New York. <laughs> Most of my childhood, I associated Plattsburgh with city because I remember looking out the window and seeing buildings that were more than one story tall. And I said, where are, what's this? She goes, that's a city. And um, I couldn't wait to get out. And so I went to college in Washington, D.C. And but on the way to Washington and back, I would take Amtrak and I would leave a couple days early and stay in New York with friends. Mm. Uh, that's when I first went to the Roxy for the first time. 
And, you know, this is like the late nineties. And this is like, you know, to me, we all think of our, um, the great times in New York. To me, I always remember that as like a really vibrant time in New York to me. Mm. Me too. I'm, you know, the nineties were, were are very special, but you know, hopefully the best of times is yet to come. Um, I'd like to ask you both about um, when and how you first got involved in LGBTQ activism. Melissa, when did you first start getting involved in, in movement related things? Um, well, I, you know, my, my story really starts, uh, I, I transitioned uh, in the early 1990s. At the time, I, I was uh, struggling with substance abuse. I had no place to live. Uh, I'd lost everything. So transitioning, um, uh, I couldn't transition because I was afraid I would lose everything. It turned out I already lost everything. And so it became uh, possible. And um, now it's hopefully for, for many of your listeners uh, who have trans feelings, it's a lot easier than that. And um, and within a few years, I, I started doing, uh, I was a volunteer at the LGBT Center on West 13th Street. Uh, I was able to get an apartment, a one-room apartment on West 14th Street, so I lived around the corner. And um, I was doing, in those days, the meat market was was very um, uh, colorful. And uh, you, in the early morning, you had the uh, the men selling meat, and then in the late afternoon and evening, you had the girls selling meat. And um, uh, so I would do outreach, you know, protease inhibitor, protease inhibitors came about in 1996. So really the 80s and the early 90s were time of HIV AIDS. And, and so we were doing outreach to make sure. And if I can tell you that every night, in the meat market, there'd be a hundred trans women trying to make money. That would probably be about right. And so there was a group of us, and um, and one day I heard that there was going to be a town hall, community board too, and actually it would be the district that hopefully Eric will be taking over. And they were having a town hall to talk about the anti-transgender prostitutes in the meat market. See, what had happened is all those hippies who bought houses in the 60s and 70s were now old coots, and those <laughs> little hovels had become really valuable, and at their corner were all these trans girls turning tricks. So they, mm. this was a, a new generation of people, and um, get off my lawn type. And the center suggested I go. They said, oh, you went to college, you should go. And... Um, and I went and I stood up and I said my piece. I spoke truth to power and um, they got even with me. They um, they put me on the community board and the rest is history. Ah. Well, we'll talk about some of those subsequent historical events in a bit. Eric, how did you first get involved in LGBTQ activism? Um, well, Melissa, that's really interesting. I, you and I have known for a long time. I actually never heard that um, story of your beginning. <laughs> In activism. Um, uh, you lived in the village at that time, right, Wilson? I lived on 14th Street. So at the town hall, they had the cops talk about dressing as women to get, and I stood up and yelled and made a brouhaha. It was quite a scene. Good for you. Good for you. Um, I got involved in activism at a couple different times in, in life. Um, when I was an adolescent in the early 90s in um, the Adirondacks, I went through a difficult time just at a time when being gay wasn't uh, as normalized as it is now. Um, being a teen in a remote area, I was depressed and confused. And, you know, I talk about being a survivor of suicide attempts, both because I think it's important to talk about it to help people who might be going through those things now. And also because it's a, it's part of what made me who I am and made me do what I do. Um, I spent after my final attempt, I spent a month in a um, mental health hospital out in Saratoga Springs called Four Winds uh, Medical Center. 
And I was there with other young people from around New York State, from Buffalo to the Bronx to all over. And many of them were there for um, substance abuse issues, gang involvement, um, survivors of sexual abuse. Uh, so here I am, this kid from this uh, rather sheltered area and meeting these other young people from very, very different walks of life, many of, some of whom I'm actually still in touch with to this day. And that to me was a, a seminal moment in my life, really understanding um, what real struggle is and what other people go through. And so I made it, I made it through high school. And when I went to college, I wrote a letter to the Board of Education in Lake Placid Central School District talking about what I had gone through in the, in the high school with bullying and how they needed to do more. And so simultaneously coming out to the town at a school board meeting where they read the letter and then also coming out about my experiences and they then, they changed the um, non-discrimination policy for the adding sexual orientation to the um, non-discrimination policy at the school. And that to me, wow, like bulb yeah. moment. Um, and it really highlighted for me how an individual can make change. It was me and two other young people um, from the school who did that. And, um, I had the opportunity in uh, 2008, a job opened up at the city council to work as the LGBT liaison at the city council. But the speaker at that time was Christine Quinn, the first um, openly gay speaker of the city council. And I went down there and um, got the job. I was actually a real estate agent at the time as Jeff knows. Imagine that. <laughs> and, um, and I'd be doing, you know, during the day I'd be doing that. At night I'd be doing activism and politics. And, and you know, the minute I started doing it, I, I knew it was what I was put on this planet to do. Wow. That's very moving. Um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Melissa Sklars and Eric Botcher, LGBTQ activists in the city, on the special episode celebrating Stonewall and um, well, celebrating LGBTQ pride, uh, and actually also the 50th anniversary of the first Gay Liberation March. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. 
We're back to the special episode of Rediscovering New York and how LGBTQ activism and politics has affected the body politic and politics in New York. My guests are Melissa Sklarz and Eric Botcher. I want to thank both of you. You're, you're uh, sharing the difficulties you had and the things that you went through and how that impacted and shaped who you are as activists and also people is really very touching. Um, and I'm friends of both of you, but I didn't know all those details. Um, I want to talk about Stonewall Democrats, the the club that we're all a member of. Stonewall, by the way, listeners, is the city's only citywide Democratic uh, LGBTQ club. Uh, it I've been a member since the mid-90s, like a quarter of a century. That's a long time. I don't know when it started, but uh, um, I've been a member a long time. Um, Melissa, when did you join Stonewall? You know, Jim Allen's Liberal Democratic Club is also a citywide and LGBT. So there are those two clubs. Um, I used my to apologies to Allen, lest he hear my uh, my sin that I just uh, said. Yeah, and let him know that I corrected you. For yes. um, um, I was involved in getting lesbian independent Democrats. I got involved. I was a... Uh, the one of the early people that believed in me with a with in terms of politics was was the city council person on the west side of Manhattan and the district leader in Chelsea, which are Tom Dwayne and Tim Gay. And uh, so they had me uh, they suggested I join gay and lesbian independent Democrats, which was the LGBT club in your county in Manhattan. Um, and then I also joined VID Village Independent Democrats and it was something different. Uh, they really hadn't had out trans people involved in politics before. Tom was great. You know, he was a great mentor. Him and Kevin Finnegan and then Chris Quinn, Emily Geske were great mentors. I learned a great deal about politics with them. And, um, you know, I was I was the vice president of Gay and Lesbian Independent Democrats under our president, Brad Boylman. We did that for three years. And then I was the president for a while. And then um, Chris won city council, and then it's hard to be an independent, gay and lesbian independent Democrat when your most prominent member is uh, city council and then the speaker. Um, and so I drifted, and um, I ended up um, over at Stonewall. I started out as a member. I was an at-large, and then they put me on the board. When was this? Yikes. I would say uh, 2004. That would be a good guess. Maybe 2003. When did when did um, Scott Stringer and Margarita Lopez run for Manhattan Borough President? Tick tock, tick tock. That year, huh? 2004. That's the year I joined. I ah. I was the last year of GLID, and so probably 2005. And Dirk McCall swooped me up with his um, LGBT net, uh, where he's always looking for people. And I ended up in Stonewall, so that would have been then. Eric, when did you join Stonewall? Oh, and by the way, Melissa's a past president of Stonewall. Yes. Oh, she was a great president of Stonewall. Um, I probably joined in 2009. Mm-hmm. And when did you join the board? I've been an at-large board member for um, five years already. Oh. We would love to elevate him to be a full board member, but he's just too busy mm. and too important. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> well, Melissa, that's a compliment. You never asked me to be on the board of uh, Stonewall, Melissa. But anyway, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> I did want to ask you, Melissa, about your involvement with the Equality Project. Um, the Equality Project doesn't exist anymore. But for our listeners, it was um, it was a coalition of shareholder activism. We um lobbied Fortune 100 companies specifically to uh, add protections for LGBTQ employees uh, to their non-discrimination policy. And uh, Melissa, you joined the board of the Equality Project in, I think, 2002, and shortly thereafter became its chair. And a very big milestone event, uh, Verizon, if I remember correctly, was the first Fortune 100 company to add gender identity and gender expression to the non-discrimination policy. That was a really very, that was a talk about a milestone in the movement. How did you get involved in the Equality Project originally? Uh, you know, with friends of friends, it, it was it was a, a great idea. And it was really, um, 
a little off the beaten path, but you had, there were different groups that were advocating these huge corporations and they, corporations exist to make money and they would love to get that, uh, in those days, gay and lesbian, now LGBTQ money. And it's like, well, this is great. But in order to do that, you, you've you got to change the way you do things. And rather than write letters to their president, we went to shareholder meetings and we would address the shareholders and corporations um, listen to their shareholders. And it was a great idea. It was a great time. The reason Quality Project no longer exists is the concept was then uh, married to the HRC with their corporate equality index. So the, the roots of, of HRC's corporate equality index was in fact the Equality Project. Um, you know, we were small but mighty and, uh, and was able to affect change. And one of the reasons we were able to affect change, um, it's funny, I feel like I'm a guest on my own show now, is uh, that we were also able to, we, we enrolled um, uh, custodians of public pension funds to get behind uh, the, the efforts to add LGBT uh, pr- protections to LGBTQ people to non-discrimination policies. Um, uh, even Alan Hevesy, even though he turned out to be not so great, but he was great on our issues. And uh, Bill Thompson also was great on that issue, which is one of the reasons why I supported Bill Thompson for mayor, but that's another topic for another show. <laughs> um, uh, Eric, what was it like to be part of Chris Quinn's staff? Having You, you, you talked about uh, going to an event and meeting her and 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 joining her staff, um, was that your first uh, uh, job in politics, uh, working for for someone my, in office? That was my first time in poli- in politics. My first uh, job in politics, and the LGBTQ movement then was um, uh, it was a very different time. Then it was that it was the time of don't ask, don't tell. It was the time of uh, marriage equality and DOMA and, and that's a defensive marriage act, the defensive marriage act and uh, visitation rights for same sex partners. Many of the, of the things that are in many ways in the rearview mirror now, those were like front and center, center issues. And just to you know, put things in some perspective, in my first month working for Chris, Chuck Schumer came out for marriage equality. He had been against marriage equality. So, you know, we, there were many, many, at that time, there were many progressive, what we would call progressive people who weren't even fully on board with, marriage equality and um it was an exciting time to be in lgbt activism um hiv aids was also a very different landscape at that time um the medications were uh uh much much better but at that time we didn't have we certainly didn't have prep and even PEP, and it was um, it was also a very different time in that movement as well, in a in fast-changing landscape. So it was an exciting, those years, 2009, 10, 11, um, in New York State, where we got marriage equality in New York State, those were um, really interesting times where the LGBT movement was front and center across all sectors and you had the the corporate world, the Broadway community, all different sectors were coming together to support marriage equality and and other kind of rights for LGBT people. Mm. We're going to take another short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our special episode on LGBTQ activists and how they have shaped the body politic in New York City. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. 
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Rediscovering New York is supported by our sponsors, Christopher Pappas, mortgage specialist at TD Bank. To find out how Chris can help you with all your residential home mortgage needs and tailor a mortgage that's right for you, please give Chris a call at 203-512-3918. And support also comes from the law offices of Thomas Siaka, specializing in wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. Tom and his staff can be reached at 212-495-0317. Rediscovering New York is about New York and the myriad textures of our amazing city. There's another great show on the air about New York and specifically about the business of real estate. Good Morning New York with Vince Rocco, my friend and colleague at Halstead. Vince's show airs live on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. on voiceamerica.com and also on podcast. You can like this show on Facebook and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle's there at Jeff Goodman NYC. If you have comments or questions, or if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, Jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. One other program note before we get to back to our guests on the special edition of Stonewall. Um, Last year, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising, I hosted three special episodes, including an interview with someone who was at the Stonewall in the night of the raid, a discussion of the gay rights movement in its early days, a conversation with one of the founders of the city's LGBTQ art museum, and also hosted interviews with women activists before and right after Stonewall. Uh, By the way, they're episodes 23, 24, and 25, the June of last year, and you can find them on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Melissa and Eric, welcome back to Rediscovering New York. Melissa, I wanted to ask you if you experienced anything unique as the first trans person in New York who was elected to be a delegate to the Democratic National Convention. Um, so, I mean, at that point, Jeff, you know, I, I have been involved in politics for a long time. You know, being a judicial delegate, most mostly in New York, it's a simple thing. It's it's a it's a lower ballot thing, uh, and people just get selected. But when I was doing this, there were three separate teams of people going at each other like like sheep in the Rocky Mountains. It was uh, there was one group which was VRDC and VIDC, and then you had the the Chris Quinn Tom Dwayne group. So it was a mess. So. Uh, what it gave me the opportunity to, to really get me involved at the nitty gritty of the Democratic Party and the activists that that really maintain it. As we all know, in New York County, in Manhattan, there is a strong independent Democratic Party movement, whether you're a village independent, downtown independent, Chelsea reform, uh, in Chelsea independent, uh, uh, Gramercy Stuyvesant. 
Now, the other boroughs don't have that. So Manhattan, you do. And it's these are not people that, that answer to the regular Democratic leader, uh, but are, in fact, free to make up their own minds. And so I was engaged and involved. And, you know, after a while, the idea of being different, of, of standing out for being trans, it sort of eliminates it. it you know, I, I worked at Gay Games in 94. I worked at GMHC in the mid-90s. Eventually, I, I got a job at the Actors Federal Credit Union and up staying there for 19 years. And I spent many years helping people struggling with their finances. And, you know, the idea that, that I have a different background than other people became part of my past. You know, we see today there's a whole brand new uh, trans movement, in, and it's about trans women, trans women of color, and, uh, and the amount of discrimination and poverty that they face. And so I was able to use my white privilege, really, to hold open that door, that once I was able to get access, I made sure that that holds. And when I used to talk to people about trans rights, we invented transgender civil rights as a concept in New York State in 2001, when Governor Pataki signed the Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act. And we were there and we were upset. And so we created our gender expression non-discrimination act called gender. And I would travel the city and the state talking about trans rights. And I would tell people, you take a look at me, nice Jewish lady from, from New York. But <laughs> if you look behind me and you squint your eyes, you're going to see thousands of different trans men and women, mostly people of color, that are struggling and suffering in a culture that does not respect black and brown people and does not understand trans people. And today, nearly 20 years later, that has taken root. And all those people that are seizing leadership, um, and it's wonderful to see, and it's really... Um, it's really what those early days of me being the only trans person in the room and now in front of the Brooklyn Museum two weeks ago, there was 15,000 people. Wow. Fighting for trans rights. What was there any moment, Melissa, that you that sort of a light bulb went off or something in your heart went off and you said, I'm not just going to be involved in politics, but I'm going to run to represent people in in a, in a legislature? Because you ran for the assembly in 2018. District leader in 2001, when I lived in Manhattan, I thought I was in job jeopardy. District leader is a volunteer position. Uh, I was afraid that I was in job jeopardy. I could not afford to get fired. You know, when I moved to 14th Street, my studio cost $700 a month in rent. And my finances were precarious. And I had no credit. You know, again, a formerly homeless drug addict, you know, there, there are amends to make and a road back and it takes time. And my job was more important to me than running in 2001. And I figured, well, I'll do it next time. And here's something about politics. There may not be a next time. <laughs> and um, now I can no longer afford to live in Manhattan. Uh, and so I was always looking... In Queens, you have to build roots. You can't just pop up and run. And so I waited till I've, I've been there now for 15 years, and I thought it would be a good time to run. Hmm. Eric, I want to ask you about your journey that led you decide that had you decide to run for office. But I want to do that a little bit because uh, I want to ask you a couple of other questions first. Um, what took you to how did you get to the governor's office from working for, for Chris Quinn when she was speaker? Well, as the LGBT liaison at the city council, working with Skier um, Quinn, but also the other LGBT members of the city council, it was Danny Drum, Jimmy Van Bramer, Rosie Mendez at that time, um, Jimmy Vaca added, was added later when he came out. He was not out when he when when he ran. Oh. <laughs> and then we had uh, Carlos Men. I didn't overlap with these folks, but Carlos Menchaca and um, uh, Richie Torres. Actually, Carlos Menchaca 
when I left to go work for the governor's office, I recommended Carlos Menchaca to take my job in the speaker's office at the council as the LGBT liaison. But in that role, um, I got to know activists all over the city. Um, and the governor, now Governor Cuomo was running, he was the attorney general at that time, and they needed a LGBT liaison for the campaign. So, and they asked, I guess they had asked um, Chris if she knew anyone. So they asked me if I'd be interested in going over there for the campaign to work on his campaign. And so I did. And then about a week into my time with him, this was in mid-October, his um, press secretary ran in and said, you won't believe what Carl Palladino just said. <laughs> Carl Pal- you remember Carl Palladino, everyone? Uh, uh, sort of apologies to to any friends and family I have in Western New York who were supporters of Carl, but anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. He was a horrible, horrible man, and he said um, he was at a press conference in Brooklyn and said something uh, about the homosexual lifestyle being an abomination or something that you – wouldn't believe that someone running for the governor of the state of New York would say. Anyway, we that next morning, we had every LGBT elected official on the sidewalk at a press conference condemning what he had said. And, and that same morning, he went on the Today Show, I guess, to do damage control and attacked the governor for marching in the Pride March with his daughters so it just it became national news. And that and marriage equality being a major agenda item for the, for, um, the following year, uh, LGBT issues became a, a really central part of the campaign. And on election night, uh, we were at the Sheridan at the election night party, and he came up to me and he was like... Um, you're coming to work for me, you know? So it was, um, we got to go to, um, I was one of the first people in his administration in January um, up in Albany. And um, I'll just tell another quick story. So I go up there um, on the train the first day and I pull into the Albany train station and get the text message. The governor wants to see you right now. So I get in the cab. Next thing I know, I'm in the governor's office, this big, uh, huge office. And um, he said, I want to know what happened with marriage equality in 2009. Why did it fail? What worked? What didn't work? What do we replicate from that campaign? What do we do differently? Tell the activists to keep their powder dry. And we're going to come at this like a campaign, and we're going to get marriage equality past this session. And that was a very emotional moment for me because I knew when he said that, I knew we were going to get it passed because he um, um, was – he had a plan and we got the activists together, Melissa and so many others. And I worked with activists all over New York state in from Buffalo to Montauk and even connected with activists up in the Adirondacks where I was from. And it got passed that June. That was an amazing time. I remember it. You know, it, it was it was almost as I remember when uh, uh, the city council passed. Uh, I forgot the number of the local law. I, this is such a long time ago, but the the jubilation was was unbelievable, and it was similar in uh, when the state passed marriage equality. Um, we're going to take another short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our fabulous conversation with Melissa Sklars and Eric Botcher. You're listening to Rediscovering New York on our special edition about LGBTQ activists and New York City. We'll be back in a moment. Talking Alternative Radio, 
24 hours a day. Are you a curious person always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So Now You Know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com And I have to say, this hour is going by so quickly. Uh, my two guests on this special show uh, about LGBTQ activists and how they've shaped politics in New York City and the state are longtime LGBTQ and trans activist Melissa Sklars and Eric Boncher. Eric presently is the chief of staff for Council Speaker Corey Johnson. Um, Eric, how did you get to work in Corey's office? What, what took you from, from the executive chamber in Albany? to back to City Hall? I've been with the governor for, gosh, about four years and um, was looking to make the, take the next step. And Corey needed a new chief of staff. And I'd known Corey for many years. I'll tell another quick story. When I was 20, I got a scholarship. This was like in the year... 1999 or 2000, I got a scholarship to go to a GLSEN uh, youth conference in Chicago, uh, Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. And it was, um, the conference was in this hotel in Chicago and there was this big ballroom and the keynote speaker of the conference was this high school football player from Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> just come out to his uh, football team named Corey Johnson. And, um, you know, I was way too shy to introduce myself. But years later, when we both moved to New York, we got to know each other socially. We worked together in government after he got elected to the council and he needed a chief of staff. And so we met and uh, it was immediately a great partnership and it's the best job of all the jobs I've had. It's, it's the best one. Mm. I want to ask you about uh, your choice, your decision to run for Corey seat in, in, in a couple of minutes, but Melissa, I wanted to ask you first, um, have the issues that you have been committed to and worked for uh, changed over time in your, in your life as an activist, as an, as an LGBTQ and trans activist? Well, Jeff, I mean, when I started doing doing politics in New York in the 1990s, transgender people had no legal rights in New York City or New York State. And uh, we, we had tried to approach Mayor Giuliani. We didn't do very well with him, uh, but we had a framework and organization called Niagara. And um, when I know that I supported Alan Hevesy, from mayor in 2001, and then I supported Mark Green, and then was 9-11, and Bloomberg was elected. And so we said, well, let's try. And we did our whole presentation with a brand new city council. Um, a, a general welfare committee was uh, chaired by a guy named de Blasio, who was brand new, and 
Um, Who? <laughs> and we, we, whatever happened to him. And we had a, a group of, of people and we had a, a, this big presentation. We went to the Black and Latino Lawmaker Caucus. We spoke for 10 minutes. They said, enough, what do you want? And we said, we want you to support it. And we passed our transgender civil rights bill in the city council in an hour. They sent it to Mayor Bloomberg. An hour later, he said, sure. He couldn't see what the, the problem, the big deal was. We were gobsmacked. We expected this to be this, and it wasn't. It was ultra simple, um, and Bloomberg signed it. And then we spent 19 years in Albany. So now the environment is different. And um, um, I'm older, and so now I work for SAGE. So, I, you know, it's a good fit. And I advocate for um, resources for LGBT elders. And, By the way, Sage, uh, Sage is Senior Action in a Gay Environment, uh, listeners. It's been an, uh, an organization around, I think, since the late 80s. Uh, yeah, it's 42 years old. And um, uh, so, it, it, you know, but but mostly now we've all seen the political environment change. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement is important to all of us. All of us have to, to help fight systemic racism and we live in a city that's unaffordable. So, you know, incoming inequality and racism, you know, these are the issues. And and once COVID allows me to leave my kitchen, uh, I look forward to doing the best I can to make a difference in our culture in New York City. Mm. Eric, how have issues changed for you in the years that you started getting involved in as an activist and in politics? A lot. The world's changed so much in the 11 years that I've been in government. I think, um, uh, you know, being a cis, gay, white man has gone from being, um, you know, there was a time where we really considered ourselves victims of widespread discrimination, but I think you know, in today's world, as we say it, you know, gay, cis people enjoy um, tremendous, tremendous privilege. And it's it's really the um, people of trans experience and gender nonconforming or just continue to be, look, there's, there's discrimination against gay and lesbian people for cis, but I think it's people of trans experience, gender nonconforming. They continue to suffer this un- unbelievable discrimination. And I think for good reason, the movement has really begun to focus on uh, fighting to ensure that all members of the LGBTQI community enjoy equal rights and, and particularly people of trans people of color who are um when you look at the statistics the disparities in employment in um, the rates of suicide attempts in health outcomes it's something that we should all be ashamed of and that we should all fight like hell to correct well, we have about a minute or two left. And Eric, I was going to ask you um, uh, as sort of the button to our whole conversation. Um, uh, Melissa is running for district leader. You've decided to run for the council seat of your two of a former boss and your present boss. Um, what for you had because you've been involved in politics and activism, but I, th- I think this is your first venture into into running for office. What what had you decide I'm going to do this? Yeah, and it, it honestly, it was not on the radar for me. It's not something that I contemplated for many years, but this is the best job I've ever had. I love working every day with the people in my community in Council District 3, and I want to continue doing it after next year when um, Corey's turned out. I want to continue doing it and, and take it to the next level and working with my neighbors to solve the very tough problems that we have to confront as a city. 
And Eric is running for office for the council's third district, which includes part of downtown Greenwich Village, Chelsea, part of Hell's Kitchen. Uh, if I'm missing any neighborhoods, Eric, I apologize. Uh, I'm not as adept at the political maps as the two of you are. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, you know, Greenwich Village, Chelsea, Hell's Kitchen, Columbus Circle, Flatiron District, the Garment District, Hudson Yards, Times Square, the Whitney, the High Line, Penn Station, Morning Station. Great. Well, um, and as a parting uh, comment, um, it's not just our community who has to be thankful for, for activists like you, but also um, citizens in the city and the state and also the country, because you really help um, move our country and, and get what everyone really should have access to and, and, and have equality for. Um, my guests on this special episode uh, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the first Gay Liberation March or the 51st anniversary of the Stonewall Riots uh, have been Eric Botcher and Melissa Sklars. If you have comments or questions about the show or if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. You can like us on Facebook, and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is there at Jeff Goodman NYC. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Chris Pappas, Mortgage Banker at TD Bank, and the law offices of Tom Siaka, specializing in wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. One more thing before we sign off. I'm Jeff Goodman, a real estate agent at Halstead in New York City. And whether you're selling, buying, leasing, or renting, my team and I provide the best service and expertise in New York City real estate. To help you with your real estate needs, you can reach us at 646-306-4761. Our producer is Ralph Storier. Our engineer is Sam Leibowitz. Our special consultant is David Griffin of Landmark Branding, whose birthday is today. A very, very happy birthday to you, David. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I am Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a curious person always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. 
on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 